This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. Are you just doing a podcast to become famous? Because that's not going to work. Welcome to The Limits. I'm Jay Williams. And I've been thinking for days about that gym from Jesus Nice. You see, I've done the TV game for years, but now I'm in the podcast space. It's the wild, wild west of the media. Anything goes, and it seems like every damn day there is a new podcast on the block. Over the last decade, though, I've watched Jesus and the Kid Merrill build their podcast from the floor up. And what started out as two New York-ass dudes cracking jokes on Twitter soon became a brand. On their show, trust me, nobody is safe. Damn! Said, Yo, let me get the Richard Spencer. <laughs> he spent all his Dogecoin on one toupee. <laughs> Yo. He got too much money. He could get better Come hair than on, that. Dog. You see, Deezus and Mero aren't afraid to say what they're thinking at any given time and in any given space. And that's what the people love about them. Their show is aired on Complex and Viceland. Now, it's a late night talk show on Showtime. That's right. They made it. And their guests are some of the most important people in the entire world. Gentlemen. Oh. Mr. President Obama. How's it going, sir? Sir. Good to see y'all. Good to see you, my man. Now here's the funny thing. Years before any of this, back in the day, I'm talking about back in the day, 2017, they had me on their show, and I couldn't pronounce Jesus to save my damn life. Jesus! <laughs> it's Jesus! <laughs> but I just knew they had something special in them. They got their posts on everything. I'm talking about from the NBA to the dating scene in New York, and of course, what it takes to make a successful pod. We're getting meta on the limits today, y'all. Here's my conversation with Jesus Nice and the Kid Mara. Congrats on all the success, man. Like, it, Thank it, you. It's crazy. Appreciate it, man. It feels like yesterday, but it was so long ago that we were rapping and y'all were just getting things going to see where you guys are now with Showtime doing Late Night. Yo, congrats on all the it, much love and success continue, man. How does it you, feel? Man. How does it feel to you guys have always arrived, but I guess to get public acknowledgement that you have arrived? It's a wild ride. It's like is you some, every now and then you gotta stop and just like take it in and just be like, yo, you realize all the work you put in and like where you're at now and like even it's like little things are like tent poles to you. It's just even like the guests we're getting this season. We're getting Denzel. We're getting Pusha T. We're getting when we first started the show. You know, no offense to you, because you were around the time we started getting popping people. But before that, it was a lot of people we went to grade school with. It was the bodega owner. It was like the cat from the bodega. We were just getting whoever we could get. And now it's just like, Who's in the context? it's like you have to stop on our show if you're running for politics. Like we've had Obama on. We've had Biden on. Like, you're right. It's been a it's been a hell of a ride. I kind of yeah. felt like these, that was a little bit of a slight, but I felt a like it was bit. a compliment a at bit. the nah. same time. I well, don't you know, know how to really feel that. It was like, because it's like I have a soft spot. <laughs> For the people that come on the show and don't really know the show or don't really know how to pronounce the host names. So, you know, I gotta just like work with them. Listen, I, Jay, I got you, Jay. Listen, I, I for my first That's child fair. was born and I stayed home and I was an ESPN junkie and I watched everything that you was on because I'm also a basketball junkie. So, you know what I mean? Like I was there like and and to me, like. You know, ESPN anchors were like celebrities, bro. Like, I'm in the Bronx. I'm in a two-bedroom apartment with, like, multiple children. So, like, these dudes are on suit. They're on TV. I remember getting a shout-out from one of y'all on, like, a, a live program. And I was just like, oh! I was bugging. You know what I mean? That was but, actually, like, though, that was, 
That was one of those moments when we did like the the cycle at ESPN. That was like, yo, the, the car wash. Yo. That was man. It, it was, was like, different. yo, car wash. Yeah. Yes, when people see you on ESPN, because that's like one of those things where your boy might not necessarily watch the show, but he's in a bar and he looks up. And he's like, yo, you on ESPN? And that's when like that's a sign you made it in the hood. Yo, not D, going I, to college, being on ESPN. I, I gotta apologize, <laughs> D, because it, I, I can't tell you every time I see y'all and I, y'all always doing your thing, y'all everywhere. I'm like, ah, if I could just if it's go back in time and just say, just do that differently. Just it's do okay. That differently. <laughs> it's do okay because you know what, you know what I mean. It's, it's like this yo, weekend. Jay, that thing. This weekend I met Jay, some kids and they were like, yo, we watch your show all the time. We get high, we just sit there, we watch it, yo, yo, we love you, Miro. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what? Really? I cannot t- I was, yo, to his point, I cannot tell you how many times have come up to me and been like, yo, did yo, De Jesus, yo, I love you, B. Like, they're like, oh, he's like the Latino guy. He must be De Jesus or De Jesus <laughs> like, or whatever. But I'm like, at least <laughs> they know the name. Miro. At least they know the name. They got the brand down. <laughs> All right, so let's get into sports. So, so what's worse, man? The Knicks not making the playoffs or the Nets getting swept by the Celtics? Ooh, Take me through. What's Take worse? Take me through. What's worse like, for the worse? city? I'm talking about city culture, New York City culture. Oh, what's city worse? culture? The Knicks not making the playoffs, 100%. The Knicks not making the playoffs. The Knicks are Really? The, the, yeah, y'all really believe that Knicks. last year was going to be it? Did you see that video from opening night after that? That after that double overtime win against the Celtics, do you know if the Knicks had won one playoff game, we would have burned the city down. So that was probably that was better for the city that we didn't even sniff the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm not just I'm not listen. I'm not being a hater. All I'm saying is the Nets promised a lot of stuff. The Nets had T-shirts. They had scary hours. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was all about the Nets. Brooklyn, and then, you know, exactly. And nobody, like people was like, yo, at least second round. The Nets said, whoa, 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 yeah. hold up. Hold up. You see the prices yeah. of Cancun? Mm. We going. So. Hey, bro, listen. I, and I was saying it. I was saying it all over the place. I was like, yo, the Celtics are going to sage the arena with Kyrie tonight. The sweep is going to get completed. It's over. It's done. Like, it, it's it, like they, they would play with, like, dead eyes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, there was nothing there. And makes, like, And what makes it even worse now it gives Nick fans bragging rights. And you know you don't want that. You don't you want Nick fans bragging. to You got to make the playoffs to actually no, have bragging rights. Thing. Though. No, you don't. But Jay, though. You, no, you, you got to understand. You know what it is? It's like, say you and your also- boy. Say you and your boy. Your boy goes to Harvard. He got like straight A's and all that stuff. Y'all apply for the same job. Neither one of y'all got it. Hey. hey. It is what it is. It is <laughs> what it is. And that's the thing. I, and, I, and I stand by this. If KD take just take just... Remember that show White Swap? Mm-hmm. Like where they yep. like, swap families? If you swap KD and Julius Randle, Knicks are in the playoffs. 100 percent With that, mm-hmm. with those rosters. I want, like, I want Kevin and Kyrie to win. I really yeah, do. I just do. want them to stay out of their own way. And then like the, yes. the ben, I'm leaving the Ben Simmons thing alone because like the mental health aspect of it, I can't, I'm yeah. not even touching it. I know yeah. y'all probably can. I'm leaving it alone. You I'm know what? It's one of those things where if you didn't know about it, you could possibly do jokes. But now that you know about it, you're like, all right, it's not funny anymore. Like, he's really going through something. You don't want to, like, make it worse by, like, making him the butt of the joke on the internet. But not everyone feels that way. And, yeah. you know, you got to think about, like, imagine you're already dealing with mental stuff. And now when you you can't even go on social media because people are cooking you. You know, it's like that kind of thing. And that's something, like, you know, like, a lot of the older players didn't have to deal with. Like, Jordan didn't have to, like, see people calling him Cheese Eye McGee. 
after every game. Mm-hmm. But on these players got to do that. You know what I mean? It was just on the court. You know, bro, you play for Duke. Like, Yo, the, the, every time I say something you don't like, in the world. every time I say something people don't like, they tell me I need to go hit a utility pole. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's it's straight up, it's harsh out here. It's harsh. But do you guys remember. feel like, do you feel like comedy is losing its place? Like, you can't tell jokes anymore? Like, I mean, I can go through the list of the names, the Dave Chappelle's, everybody. You can't just be free, open, and, and talk openly anymore. Like, everything has to be criticized or scrutinized or delved deeper into. Well, I mean, that's the I culture mean, right I, now. Like, everything is going to... There's nothing you can put out right now that's not going to get criticized. You put out a rap album, there's people going to do a deep uh, dive on it. We've seen... There's a deep dive on if the Snickers bar still has chains in it the other day. Like, people are just bored and people are <laughs> going to criticize that again? stuff. I'm sorry. I did not hear well, you correctly. The Snickers bar, do you know, it has, like, the vein on it. And uh, people were saying that... People were getting scared because they were saying that if you remove the vein, uh, that's where the flavor is at. So... <laughs> That. Um, I never yeah. once thought about a Snickers bar with a with a vein. I'm never nah. But, but now, but now, now you that you're never, bringing it up, it makes me want to throw up in my own mouth. Now you never not I, think about I it. I will never eat another Snickers bar again. Stop. That's so Don't do that Snickers to me. Right after this. Uh, but no, but see, like even that kind of thing is just like even with comedy, no you shame. can say what you can say whatever you want, but you just got to be ready for the criticism. You got to be ready to stand by what you said, and it's like yeah. You know, it's not the best example, but like, look with Will Smith and Chris Rock. Like, that's a possibility that could happen from you saying a joke. So you got to be like, yo, what am I, what, like, how much does this joke mean to me? Like, am I, is this the joke I want to say? And am I willing to handle what happens from what I say to this joke? And I mean, that's what being a comedian is. You got to measure your risk. And then also, a lot of people that get canceled end up with Netflix shows. So, ah. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's the wildest part to me. It's like, yo, I, like, cancel me then. Yeah, didn't Louis C.K. got like, canceled and just won an Emmy? So <laughs> let's. I think that's what we need. That's the next step we gotta do. We gotta get canceled. So is it is it seriously like while you guys are going through your material about what you're gonna riff on on your show? Is it like do you kind of wait? Well, if we say this, we can probably gain more cultural currency, but we can also do this at the expense of some of our relationships. Or does this hurt us? procuring other talent to bring on the show or is it kind of just like no nah, it's a free fall you know what generally it's a free-for-all because most people they take what we say in stride and they know it's not malicious they know we're joking because some of the jokes we make are so ridiculous like if Mir- if Miro says you look like a buttered biscuit you can't be like yo I'm not doing their show like that's not gonna look good for you and it's like we're not like yo look at her ugly baby like that's you're not gonna get that's- someone to come on for that yeah. so it's just kind of like as long as people realize the comedy's in good nature, then you know that you get a lot more wiggle room with people for that. Because people yeah. will be like, oh, they're just riffing or they're just joking. Or like we have people who are just like, yo, the time you cooked me on your show, that was my favorite segment ever. I loved it. Mm. Me and my wife were in bed laughing at it. So sometimes people just, you know, like they're just like, yo, they're they're not like, yo, they're making jokes about me. They're like, yo, they're they're mentioning me. Yeah. yeah. Every interview has to be different and it has to be fun. That's the, at the at the end of the day. I want you to leave the interview being like, yo, Denzel's real. Like, damn, I didn't know Denzel knew about Pepinos. You know what I'm saying? Like, things like that. Like, little nuggets like that that you won't get anywhere else. You know what I mean? Like, you know, of course you're going to talk about, you know, your career and this and that. But there's those, there's just like little gems in every interview where, like, you know, Pusha talking about fatherhood, Mm -hmm. Denzel talking about, you know, 
his youth and coming up and like, you know, all that type of stuff. That's not like, you know, boilerplate late night stuff where they just like, so what's your inspiration for doing Macbeth on Apple TV? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> at, at the same time, we're fans of these people too. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like we, we grew up on Denzel. So it's like, bro, this is, this is wild. Like, yo, Denzel's here. You know what I mean? Like Training day. we're not, it's we're real. not so, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, we're not so, like, yo, we made it that that somebody like Denzel is just like, oh, yeah, we got Denzel tomorrow. It ain't nothing. Ain't like, it's like, you get up for that. No matter how funny and provocative they get, Jesus and Mara are very intentional with their work. After the break, they talk to me about how they put themselves out there in front of the cameras to show us their true authentic selves. And Jesus gets even realer about the horrible dating scene in New York City. Plus, we debate the best rappers in the game today. This is The Limits from NPR. I'm Jay Williams. Support for NPR and the following message come from Betterment, an automated investing and savings app. CEO Sarah Levy shares why Betterment believes cash can be a strategic choice. There are times when the market is volatile, when customers are a little nervous about investing. We came to understand that there was an opportunity to introduce cash as part of an investing strategy and to give back yields to the customer. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. How the hell do you continue to stay true with who you are as your life is changing? Like... I would assume the dudes I met several years ago, their lives has changed in a different way, right? Because mm-hmm. of all the success that you guys have. So is it like, do you continue to showcase the success or do you try to keep yourself like, nah, we don't talk about those things. We talk about maybe more so what was before. I mean, at a certain level, yeah. your, your success is your life now. Like there's only, like you have to talk about what's going on and like, so the audience knows because it gets to a point where you're going to run out of stories if you're just talking about the past. So you got to like, if people want to hear, people want to hear about the success. They want to hear about me and Meryl going to the VMAs. They want to hear about us riding in helicopters and stuff. And that's something that people like about our podcast is like, every time we go to an event, every time we interact with a person, we're super excited because we're not even supposed to be here. We're like from the Bronx. Who knew we'd even have a TV show? So when people hear us, when they hear about us going to like a fashion show and we're describing it through our eyes, it's like, we're super excited. We don't know who these people are. We don't know the rules, whatever. (laughs) And so that's the kind of thing people like. People are just like, yo, just keep elevating the brand, keep elevating the brand because they want to hear things like that. Meryl, it's the same for you. Like, just the more authentic you are, the more real it becomes, and it's it's translatable. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And like the the good thing about us is that like we're two different, we're individuals. You know what I mean? Like, 
Jesus is doing his thing on this side, I'm doing this thing on this side, and like for the fan base, all bases are covered. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm here with my kids and we're swimming in the pool or whatever, and Jesus is traveling doing his thing. So it's just like, yo, if you like this, like you're gonna get it here. If you like this, you're gonna get it here. You know what I mean? So it's just like everything is covered, like the whole spectrum. Like you know, family man, single guy, you know, like displaying success. I display my success in a different way. You know what I mean? And it's all meant to be inspirational. It's not flexing like, yo, look at me. I'm out here. You know what I mean? It's just like, yo, two dudes from the Bronx got it out the mud. You know what I mean? And look where mm-hmm. we are now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just staying true. Jesus, real talk. How's the single life? Talk to me. Yeah. Um, I haven't been single for a long time. I have a third kid on the way. Take me through. You know it. what? Uh, bring me back. Bring you back. It's, no, it's like, it's different when you're on TV. It's like. How? Because you meet people who know every. Meryl, I'm people going know, hard at him. I want to see if he tells me the truth. No, you meet people who know every possible fact about you. You know nothing about them. They know your sister's name. They know your nephew's age and what school he goes to. And you know absolutely nothing about this person. You don't know if this is actually them or if they have crafted a persona based on what they know that you've liked and you've expressed on the podcast. So you have no idea of who the f- these people you are meeting are. It is not fun and you can't trust any of these people. You don't know what they want from you. Do they want to get knocked up and have a baby and take half your money? Do they want to fuck it with you because they want to start a podcast? Do they want to get with you because they have a spec script they want you to read and push to a producer friend you know? Does that sound like fun? Also, because they know you made hella money, they never reach for the checks. But that's neither here nor there. Yo, my dude, that was a real ass answer. And I get it. I mean, I was a professional athlete. It's one of the things that a lot of people don't often talk about because mm-hmm. people want, oh, just be normal. Yo, how can I be normal? What in my yeah. life is normal? Right, like you just breaking that down, like that's just a. Like, I don't even know how you come to grips with though. Like, what kind of layers do people even need to go through in order to get to know the real you? How does that work for you? I mean, you. There has to be. It takes day. It takes years of intimacy. Like, I'd have to let my guard down around you because you don't know these people, and that's the whole thing in this industry. You don't really know people, and then it's just like just interacting with them, and then eventually. People, you know, like people reveal themselves to you, you reveal yourself to people that you can see what people want from you. And like, if you know, like that kind of thing. But I think that's just something that's not even like an industry thing. That's just kind of maybe a New York thing, a Bronx thing. That's just how we came up. Real talk, D, are you happy? Because I mean, you got all the, you got the success, you got the show, like personally, like, are you, are you happy with where you are personally? I'm very happy. I'm probably, this is probably the happiest I've ever been in my life right now. Like I'm in therapy. I've got good friends. I'm traveling. I'm eating good. Got a dope apartment. Um, got sneakers. You know what I'm saying? Like I have very, I have like all my family members are healthy. It's just about perspective. Cause if you asked me this question, maybe a year ago, I would have been like, no, I'm miserable. My life sucks. And then you got to realize like, I have a job where I make jokes with my friends and I make other people laugh and I get them through their day. That's an amazing feeling. And no matter how bad you're feeling, no matter what a sucky day you're having, you can be on the street and someone be like, yo, your show got me through the pandemic. Or, yo, yo, me and my wife watch your show every night. And that's all we love. And, like, we love it. We never miss it. Thank you for what you're doing. They say that like we were in the armed forces. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, uh, listen, we'll take that. It, it, Meryl, it's one of the things that I struggle with sometimes because when you're on TV and you're talking about sports, you're that escape for a lot of people, right? To go to a place where they don't have to think about their jobs. They don't have to think about their significant other. They don't have to think about, you know, some of the tough things that they have to deal with in their life. But they don't think about like, you're making them happy. You're entertaining them. But what entertains you? 
Like, what makes you fulfilled, man? Yo, you know what's wild? It's funny because, like, like you know, you saying like you had a, you you had a third kid on the way, or you have three? I got a third kid on the way, yo. Okay, right. so yeah, Thank I got you, four. Man. You know what I mean? You got four? What, what's up? Yeah, I got four. I got three boys, and my, the youngest is my daughter. So, and now my That's kids dope, are getting man. into sports. So, like that, that gives me that gives me the ability because I remember being a, a a little kid and wanted to play little league so bad. You know what I mean? And just being like, "Yo, fam, we can't afford all this equipment, bro. A big ass, a bag with a bat and a ball and this, all this stuff. There's no budget for it. So, mm-hmm. being the having coming from that and giving my kids that." And not worrying about it, not tripping, being like, yo, you want to play football? You want to play baseball? You want to play basketball? You got it. You know what I'm saying? Like that, like to me, that's super duper duper fulfilling. Like, cause it's not even for me. Like, I'm just, I told, like, I, I tell my wife all the time, I'm like such a Bronx dude, bro. Like if you give me some good bud, strong Wi-Fi, a PS5 with like, you know, so, uh, extended storage, I'm chilling. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a very simple guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm a sports dude too. I'm a sports nut. So, like, give me my Knicks, give me my PS5, you know what I'm saying? And I'm good. But, like, all this, like, you know, the house and the the, the activities and all that stuff, it's really, it makes me happy to see, you know, what we've created together. You know what I mean? Like, my wife and I, like, and I, and I, and I remember seeing my dad watching my mom eat food, like, they, we'd all be sitting eating dinner, and my dad would just pause and watch my mom eat her food. And I thought that was so weird. You know what I mean? And like later, I asked him, I was like, why'd you do that? And he was just like, because it felt good for me to know that me going out there and busting my ass you know, for 12 hours a day made it, a, made it so that I could get your mom what she wanted to eat tonight. You know what I mean? Damn, that's deep. Yeah. And watching her enjoy every bite, that hit like right there. You know what I mean? And that's the way I feel about, you know, my kids and, and my family. My sister, my brother, my mom, my dad, you know. Mm. You guys have obviously had a wide range of artists and hip-hop people on your show. So, D, I'll start with you first. Top five rappers in the game right now. Oh, in the game you. right now? In the game right now. Oh, I got to I gotta go with the watch list. You got to go with Jay. You got to go with okay. Jay off the top. Uh I gotta. I'm guilty. I gotta put Pusher in there. I'm sorry. I love. I love the coke raps. I love that right there. Yeah. Sorry, Drake still got it. Drake. Every now and then, Drake will say a bar that hits a little close to your heart, and you'd be like, "Damn." So you're a little emotional right I now. You get you're a little, little emotional. emotional. Yeah, yeah. But then yeah. he'd be saying like, brings out that soft side. He'd be saying emo- He'd be saying like empty emotional lines like, "Yo, I, I flew her out here first class. She didn't even call me back. Like little things like that. You'd be like, "Damn, that's kind of like my life right now. Like that right there." <laughs> Um, what, let me see who else. Oh, Megan Thee Stallion's killing it right now. Can't, can't go everywhere. Out with Megan. Let me see for my fifth. Her interview was real too, oh, man. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, about everything. And happened. you know what? Let's uh, what throw Benny the Butcher in there right there. That's my guy. Okay. But you see, I like a uh, lot of coke rap. So my, my yeah, I'm, I'm biased. yeah. I see that. What you got, Mara? Oh man, I'm just like like I said, I'm a sports dad. Like I got a football player, a baseball player, and a basketball player. So we're in the car listening to hype music. So, like, it's a lot of Future, a lot of Young Thug, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of 21 Savage. I took him, I took him back to the old school, and I'm like, yo, listen to this. Mob Deep, Hell on Earth. Hmm? What about that? Classic. Huh? Huh? Classic. To me, to me, Prodigy is the best rapper of all time. And, of course, you know what I'm saying? Bada, my guy, Big Pun, you know what I'm saying? Rest in peace. 
And Fat Joe is an extension of that. You know what I mean? Because Fat Joe, Joe, to me, Fat Joe's so ill because Fat Joe was like, yo, five elements of hip hop, like graffiti, breakdancing, you know, digging in the crates, crew, to, you know what I mean, Flo Joe era, to like, and the guy is just still around. And he's good for at least one hit a year. You know what I mean? So, like, that's something to aspire to, bro, that longevity. You know what's crazy about it? During the pandemic, yo, he would just randomly hit me on IG, like, yo, come on my IG live. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how am I in the a Joe bottle bro. of wine deep on an IG live with Fat Joe right now talking about, he's with, I see DJ Khalid in the back. I'm like, Khalid, I'm like, what's yo. going, where, where the hell he am I? He's doing them IGs. Yeah. They're calling him, what were they calling him? The Bronx Oprah. Because he was doing them yes. IGs. Yes. Everyone Oprah. on those IGs. So the Joprah show. You know the Joker show, Jay. <laughs> Yo, it was, I was like, I was talking to my wife. My wife's like, are you on with? I'm like, yeah, just let me keep drinking. Let me just keep doing my thing right now. This is incredible. I'll tell you, you cracked the code. <laughs> yeah, man. Jesus and Meryl are winning right now. But let's take it back for a second. After the break, we talk about that real-ass grind that nobody tells the truth about. What it's really like to get a podcast off the ground. Plus, what they learned from the early days of their career. Stick with us. This is The Limits from NPR. I'm Jay Williams. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Bluehost. Try Bluehost Cloud, the hosting plan made for WordPress creators by WordPress experts. With 100% uptime, fast load times, and 24-7 support, your sites can handle high traffic spikes. Visit Bluehost.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Warby Parker. Their glasses start at $95, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Try five pairs of frames at home for free. Go to warbyparker.com covered. This message comes from NPR sponsor E-Trade from Morgan Stanley. Take control of your financial future with E-Trade. No matter what kind of investor you are, their tools and resources can help you be ready for what's next. Now when you open an account, you can get up to $1,000 with a qualifying deposit. Terms apply. Learn more at etrade.com slash NPR. Investing involves risks. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC. Member SIPC. E-Trade is a business of Morgan Stanley. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wild Card wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. In their early careers, Jesus and Merrill were struggling New Yorkers. They worked odd jobs, dealt with roaches, and spent way too much time online. But they were funny as hell. Especially when they were in each other's replies on Twitter. Soon enough, people took notice and started to follow them. And their fans wanted more. They wanted a podcast. I've been thinking a lot about what Deza said earlier in our conversation. We're not even supposed to be here. Those were the exact words that came out of LeBron James' mouth in his 2013 NBA Finals speech. I'm LeBron James from Akron, Ohio, from the inner city. I'm not even supposed to be here. It's that constant feeling that you're the new kid on the block. It inspires a chip on your shoulder to go twice as hard. For Deza and Merrill, it's finally paying off. Here's what they had to say about making a successful podcast and maintaining longevity in the show business. You guys obviously have the pulse 
of the city better than anybody else I've met and how you translate that through your content. So what kind of advice would you give out there to a young kid that comes to New York that's trying to figure out creatively like who he wants to be? How'd you guys get it off the ground? Take me through it. Mm. You got to be yourself, man. You got to be yourself 100% of the time, all the time. Because if you kind of just like build up this like house of cards, like it's, you know, it's not sustainable. You know what I mean? Like if you develop a persona for your podcast or for your show, for whatever it is, eventually it's going to start to like peel away and like people are going to start poking holes in it. So number one, just be you, you know? And if you, and like, yo, it's, it's, it's a hard truth, but not everybody got it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you could work, you could do the, like whatever this guy said, the 10,000 hours of practice and whatever, but there has to be talent there. You know what I mean? Like, Jay, you like you didn't just go in a gym and pick up a basketball and be like, yo, I'm going to be one of the greatest, you know what I mean, to ever do it. You know what I mean? Like, you, the talent was there. And then you put in the the the, the work hours necessary to refine that talent. But you got to have talent to begin with. And then you got to put the work in. You have to know the reason why you're doing it. Are you just doing a podcast to become famous? Because that's not going to work. And a lot of times people don't realize the statistics on podcasts are very similar to the statistics on small business. So I think like 90% of them never get past the first episode because people hear a podcast. You know how many times a day people say to me, oh, me and my best friend are going to start a podcast. And all I say to them is good luck because <laughs> it's a lot of work to do a podcast. And after you do that first episode and you upload it, if you're even lucky enough to know how to upload it, you did all that hard work and you get five listens, you're going to be like, I'm not doing an episode two. It's like you don't yep. have that sleeping power. You don't want to like grow your audience or, you know, or everything. You want to keep, you know, you got to grind at it. There were times we were uploading that podcast. If we hit like 5,000 listens, we was like, yo, psh, big things going on. Like little things like that. And it's just like the podcast should be fun. The po- You can't be looking at the podcast like a job. Yes, you see other people on Twitter and they're like, this podcast host just signed a $30 million Spotify deal. And you're like, boom, that's what I'm going to do. It's like, yo, that person brought something unique to the table that Spotify, like, you don't even know what you like right now. You're coming in this for money. Like, that's never going to work well. So you got to know, like Meryl said, you got to be authentic and know why you're doing this, not just to do it, become famous. But like, take me through the early days, man, with Complex and Viceland. Like, what were what were some of the challenges through the learning curves that you guys had throughout that process, earlier days? Well, in the earlier days, like even with Complex, shout out to Complex and our guy, Donnie Qua. Complex was learning how to do a video online at the same time as we were learning to do a podcast. So we were both kind of learning. So there were like limitations. Like one of the things, if you go back and look, we didn't realize that you can't keep changing the camera angles if there's a green screen behind you, because that changes the rendering, you know, changes the rendering mm-hmm. time. We didn't know that. It used to take a week to render our show. And so we never had a chance to see the show before it came out. So it was that kind of thing. Or even with like Vice, you know, just doing the show so many times a week. Just by the Thursday episode, you just burned out. You you barely got any energy. And then we our schedule was just so much. We were just doing the show. So, But it was just like, it kind of was just like uh, junior college, just getting you warmed up for the big leagues. So it was kind of a blessing to be, just have such a grueling schedule so early in our careers. So now that we're doing it once a week on Showtime, it's like, oh, this is layup. Because like we, 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 we did the trial by fire already. You know what I mean? We, they threw us out there. And I think that's what showed that we had staying power. Because a lot of people would not have survived like that schedule we were put through on other channels. And we just showed up and we did incredible work. And so, you know, it's just like, I think that was the biggest 
thing people need to learn in this industry is about just showing up and doing the work. But you know what, D, you could take it to another level because it is about being accountable, showing up and doing the work. But one of the things that's been crazy for me throughout my 15 years of doing television is when that negotiation period comes, right? Uh-huh. And throughout the entire stint of your contract, ain't nobody said nothing to you, but you're doing so great. You're doing so great. And then all of a sudden, when it comes to your money, people try to undercut you. I know you guys said Viceland to a degree, you felt undervalued. What, what did that feel like going through that process? Well, I mean, the like shout out to Victor Lopez, like, cause he like manager, creative partner, he was the dude that said, Listen, this is to prove that you guys can do this. This is not to sustain this pace forever, because this is not sustainable, but it's to prove that you got what it takes to put in the work and to make a successful show on a on a channel that's like buried, you know what I mean? Like in in the in the cable, in the in the cable guy. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just like channel 161 or something like that. So, you know, like that was, that was the main thing was just showing, listen, the, we can put in the work. We don't want to do this for 28 years, doing a four, mm-hmm. a four day a week show, no writers whatsoever, no type of, you know, just, yo, you guys go. You had Turn no writers, you were writing all right. your own stuff? I mean, yeah, to a certain point, we still work like that. It's like the yeah. whole A block is not written. That's all it's, riff. It's not it's written. Off right ahead. And even like you know, a lot of the sketches and stuff, it's a, it's there's beats. You know what I mean? It's 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 more like a, a Kirby enthusiasm kind of style, where it's it's not like say line, Jesus line, Meryl line, Jesus line, Meryl line. You know what I mean? It's more free flowing. So you know, yeah, and I mean, that like what you were saying about the negotiations, that's something you have to learn early on in your career that. When it comes to negotiations, there's nothing personal. It's all business. And if you're a sports fan, you know that. You've seen players all year long. They got the docu- the documentary. They're highlighting them at halftime. They got the banners thanking them. And then they don't even get a callback. And then you see them like, yo, I thought they loved me. And you're like, it's like, yo, they talk like that. But at the end of the day, you are aligned on the spreadsheet. So, you know, like people... People are going to be like, you know, you kind of have to remove your feelings from that and know your worth and let your people negotiate for you. And they know the, you know, like, child to your agency, they should know, like, how much you're worth, how much this other person is getting. Like, you have to come in there with that information. So that way you don't come in there emotional. You come in there strategic. Like, yo, boom, 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 and boom. And that's why I deserve boom. Versus at the Christmas party, you said you loved me. What's going on? Like, (laughs) you got to come in there with a plan of action. Don't get in your emotional bag, right? Exactly. Don't let that bag mess up the real bag. That's facts, man. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you get slashed every single day. And I'm, just, to, I'm really, bro. from personal experience, man, I'm curious, how do you guys deal with just people slashing you? Whether that's on social media or people saying random things, does it just roll off your back or does it affect you in any way possible? I mean, for the most part, you got to avoid it as as much as you can. Like I have a lot of like friends in the industry who just delete social media because they don't want to deal with it. But at the same time, I enjoy social media. So I'm not really trying to hop off, but it's just like, you got to take it with a grain of salt. You know, it's like these people are usually saying it to get your attention. Cause like, they'll be like, Oh, you suck. And you'd be like, what'd you say? And they'd be like, Oh my God, I love the show. Can't believe you noticed me. That kind of, you know, you get that all the time. And it's just like, at the same time, it's like, you also sometimes got to just show them that they just can't be talking to you or stupid. So every now and then you mm-hmm. gotta block somebody. You gotta show people that yo, if you approach me stupidly, if you approach me in a way you would not approach me in real life, you're gonna lose that access to me on social media. So it's just kind of like a balancing thing because as long as you do that, 
You control your social media. You can't let social media bully you. I don't. I, I don't care. I get into. It. I get into it, bro. I, like I get into it sometimes, and then sometimes I'm like, eh, the same worth it. You know what I mean? More, lately, more so, I'm like, eh, I'm like, who cares? I don't care about you. You know what I mean? Like it's you're a troll. Like this, you're you're getting you're getting more out of this than I am. You know what I'm saying? Like if you know, and not to feel myself, but if I'm up here and you're just like Twitter user number eight million twenty eight. And you don't really got nothing going on. It, it's in your benefit to like engage with me. Then people are gonna be the like, people are gonna start looking at your stuff. And if you're trying to use that as a tool, like you're not gonna use my head as like, a rung on the ladder. Fuck out of here. But sometimes some- I'm not even gonna block you. I'm gonna mute you so that you can just keep screaming into the void and not get the satisfaction of being like, "Yo, so and so blocked me." Because people actually put that in their bios. It's pathetic. But then sometimes you know they go too far. Like they might say something about your family or about the fillet of fish. And then you got to get on there and defend that square, that flavorful square available at McDonald's. Be sure during Lent, you can get two for the price of one. Put a little like tartar sauce Sprina. on the side. You like ready to go? When he goes on his rent. Hey, what is Ba-da-ba-da-ba. <laughs> Yo, real talk. You guys keep bodying because uh, what you're doing is game changing, man. Respect and love. These are Samaro. Thank you guys so much. Yo, thank keep you for having us on, man. Thank you for having us on. Come on, man. Six years ago, man, it's like that. Like that. Let's go. Like that. <laughs> Hey man, my guy. Damn man, yo y'all y'all keep getting the bag, man. That's dope. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, bro. Likewise, my dude. I see you. I see you. Saying a big thank you to Deezus and Merrill and their team for making this whole thing happen. They are two of the realest men in the business, and it's inspiring to see them rise. Their show, Deezus and Merrill, airs on Thursdays at 11 p.m. Eastern on Showtime. And if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the Limits Plus. In this week's bonus episode. Jesus and Meryl talk about how their immigrant families shape their lives. As always, stay positive and keep it moving. The Limits is produced by Karen Kinney, Yolanda Sanguini, Mano Sundarason, Linda Sensgari, and Barton Gerwood. Our music is by Ramteen Arab Louie. Videos for this episode were made by Nick Michael, Joshua Bryant, and Annabelle Edwards. Special thanks to Charlie Riggy. I'm Jay Williams, and as always, remember, stay positive and keep it moving. This message comes from NPR sponsor Acorn TV. Stream stories from around the world, from sinister suspense to charming comedies and clever crime dramas like My Life is Murder, starring Lucy Lawless. Visit acorn.tv for a 30-day free trial with promo code NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.